In Psalm 90, we read these profound words. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. And as we step into a brand new year, that's a timely reminder. The days are short. Though at times we feel invincible, we're deluded to think life will go on forever. Today on Insight for Living, you'll hear Chuck Swindoll explain that life is like a book. The front cover represents birth, the back cover represents death, and the pages in between symbolize the defined number of days we live. Chuck titled today's sermon, Another Year, Get a Life. As I come to Philippians 3, I move from the past to the present. So Paul says, my determined purpose as I consider my life is that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death. Now, with that in mind, verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. Watch closely here. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Uh, No, no, dear, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Here you are. Here's the present. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. So here's my take on what we just read. Close that chapter Turn the page to this one, okay? Many of us have children. We had great hopes for our children. We long for the best. Healthy parents long for wholesome and healthy children. It doesn't always work like that. One of the greatest fathers portrayed in the Bible had a prodigal son. You may have one. Your daughter may be wayward. She, she may have made a mess of her life. And and if you're not careful, you will look back and you will shame yourself and you will be defeated today because you are reliving all the things you could have and should have. Close the chapter. Close the chapter. Okay? Say those words with me. Close the chapter. Your your mouth moved, but your face didn't realize what you were saying. (laughs) Here we go again. Close the chapter. Shut her down. It's over. It's past. It's done. You cannot rework it. Close it out. I can think of a dozen or more things from this year. I keep thinking we're already into the new one. From, from, from this year that I would have done. No, 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 no. Can't, can't go there. Can't do that. That's, that's a defeating thought. I'll give myself all kinds of shameful feelings and, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll beat myself up. Because I didn't do what should have and could have been done. That's past. If you do not close that chapter, you will never know what it is to walk in victory. You will drag those anchors with you through this next uh, series of pages. Now, turn the page. Turn the page. Wow, love reading. And I finished a chapter. I'm into a new one. I wonder what this brings. It's like in a movie, the the scene goes dark, and you don't know what's next. All you know is what you've seen, and then a new image comes. You may be in a whole different setting. That's the way it is in life. 
The new year is like a new chapter. Turn the page. Let it read. Let it be. You're at this very special juncture, like Zacharias was at the bottom of the world, watching oceans collide. And now you're looking into the, into the serene setting of what's yet to come. A couple of little warnings here. Well, not little, but uh, brief warnings. Number one is don't be afraid. Fear is a terrible enemy. Don't be afraid. Don't let tomorrow's uncertainty make you afraid in light of yesterday. That was yesterday. That was then. This is tomorrow. The same God who has seen us through where we have been is the God who will see us through this next year. God is transcendent. His life isn't, his existence isn't marked by years and months and, and eras and even decades or centuries. He, he is always the same, always in charge. Don't be fearful. Don't let tomorrow frighten you, whatever it may include. Remember, God is God. God controls. And we are neither and we do neither. And so, we let it be. Don't be afraid. But second, let me warn you, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. You don't go stumbling into tomorrow just like you have lived the past. You've learned from those things and you step, like the psalmist says, with wisdom. So teach me to walk in wisdom in light of the brevity of life. We have a very real enemy, may I remind you. He's at work. He's ready to pounce the moment he has an opening. Uh, I came across Dave Roper's words in, in one of his books. Satan's proposals always begin with a false lead, a lie, some subtle twist to the truth, which, if acted upon, would tear us away from God, and if followed to the end, would terminate us. His proposals rarely seem evil. More often, they come under the guise of good, Satan adds a tincture of grace and beauty to every lure, lest we recognize its lethal toxicity. I practiced the word and I blew it. Toxicity. That's a hard word. It's lethal toxicity. Toxicity. Yes, that's it. Toxicity. Yeah. It's very easy to be taken in, warns this writer. We must meet every one of Satan's lies with truth. So, as, as tomorrow dawns, be aware. You're not entering a playground. You're entering a battleground. And your adversary hates everything you love as it relates to spiritual truth. He hates it that you're hearing this right now. He doesn't want you to think like this. He wants you to keep doing in the future what you've done in your past. But wisdom says learn from that. Don't be afraid but don't be foolish. You're standing in the present where you were able to make some very wise decisions. And it's time to make them. They're not resolutions. They are decisions in light of what you have learned from these things of our past and now what you anticipate by God's grace for 
those days yet future. Close the chapter, turn the page. Go there. Don't be afraid. Don't be foolish. Now the future. Turn the page. How's that? Turn the page to James chapter 4. Every new year I go here, and I'm, I'm never disappointed that I go there, even though I know what it says. I always like going there. It's like, it's like seeing a movie again. You just see something all over that you hadn't seen before. And, and uh, James 4 is like that, beginning at verse 13. Uh, James doesn't mess around, by the way. He doesn't just strafe the deck. He drops the bomb right down the snout of the, of the reader. Look here, he says in verse 13. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year and we'll do business and we'll make a profit. Stop. <laughs> what kind of talk is that? Nothing wrong with planning, but if you write it in ink, you're in trouble. Ask the Mayans. In all these centuries, they've been thinking it's going to go down. It's going to go down. December 21, 22. It's going to... I called my friend on December 22, laughing like, "Hey, you does that calendar working for you? It's nonsense. When will we learn that kind of prediction is nonsense? Jesus says to his closest friends, you don't know the times or the seasons. In fact, only the Father knows. So don't predict. Don't do that. That's stupid. That's not just foolish. Don't set dates. And if you're a physician, don't tell someone how long they're going to live. You don't know how long they're going to live. You're not God. You may warn them about their health or tell them that all the tests, it shows terminal, but you, you don't know. I talk to people all the time whose physician told them they were going to die. And they've lived another 12, 15 years. So when you make your plans, businessmen and women, be careful here. Be careful. You're looking into the future. Look at what the Lord says here. You're going to do this. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? You know what the Greek says? You do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You don't know. You know what the future is? You don't know. What about the future? I don't know. Where are you going to be? Where I don't know. What do you think? Well, I can think a lot of things, but I don't know for sure. You thought you had job security three years ago, and you've already changed twice since then. You were set up, but you look at what happened. You didn't know you'd be where you are 10 years ago. 15 years ago, this was a patch of dirt growing wildflowers where guys came to hunt dove. Now there's a church sitting on it, on all this dirt. I always remember one of the elders' comment when I said, do we need all of that? He said, Chuck, you can't beat dirt. I like that answer. <laughs> you need the dirt. Okay, all right. We got the dirt. Fifteen years ago, we didn't even know each other. Look at this. So don't allow the new year to make you say, I'm going to do this. You look dumb when you do that. When you're not around, we're laughing at you. Don't do that. You, you don't know what your life will be like tomorrow. Look at it. Why, your life is like the morning fog. You know what the Greek word is? You'll love this. Atmis. A-T-M-I-S. We got our word atmosphere from it. The word means vapor. It's like vapor off a teapot. Vapor over a 
pot of beans you're cooking in too high a flame and, and the vapors coming up from it, smoke. Various ways to render this. One calls this a mist. Another uh, like the morning fog. Another a puff of smoke visible for a little while. Then dissolving into thin air. It's life. It's life. That's all of our lives. Why are we surprised that death comes? It's our destiny. It's where we're heading. Now, thankfully, it's not our ultimate end, but it's coming. Problem is, it, it happens when we don't expect it, because remember, we're not in charge. We don't control that. So what should we do when we look to the future? Look at it. It's right here. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wills, or is this translation, if the Lord wants us to, look at the first, we will live. That's a good start. If the Lord wants us to, we'll live after we turn the page. And then we will do this or that, if he wants us to. He's calling the shots. That's life in light of eternity. That's why the psalmist's words make sense. Teach us to realize the value of every day, to measure our days that we might give ourselves to wisdom. So life is brief. Handle it with care. Handle it with care. Pay attention to how you're spending it. Take a look at the time you're wasting. Examine what it's counting for. So our lives begin and end with, Lord, guide me. Every morning, Lord, you take charge. Lord, don't let me put all of my plans down as if they're your plans. Not my will, but yours be done. Now go there. Trust him. Isn't that a great way to live? God is God. We are not. God's in charge. We're not. Close the chapter. Turn the page. Face the future without fear and without foolishness. Trusting the Lord to guide you each day. Here's the next. Life is a gift. Spend it well. It's a gift. It's brief. Use it. Handle it with care. It's a gift. Spend it well. Looking back, God is God. We are not. God controls. We do not. Looking around us where we are, close the chapter, turn the page. Looking to the future, life is brief, handled with care. And life is a gift. Spend it well. Before I sound like I'm ending on a dark note, let me tell you that we serve a great God. And, and, and he loves to give his people great things. So as the future unfolds, ask of him something great. Lay it before him. It's your will, Father. I ask for this. And don't be surprised if it's even better. Where's that story? I found this great story about Arnold Palmer, the golfer. He once played a series of exhibition matches in Saudi Arabia. The king was so impressed, he wanted to give Palmer a gift. The golfer shrugged, oh, it, it, it really isn't necessary, your highness. 
I'm honored just to have been invited. King replied, I would be deeply upset if you wouldn't allow me to give you a gift. Oh, Palmer paused and thought, okay, how about a golf club? It'll be a beautiful memento of my visit to your country. Next day, delivered to Palmer's hotel room, the title deed to a golf club. Thousands of acres, hundreds of beautiful trees, many lakes, including a lovely clubhouse. In the presence of a king, don't ask for small gifts. He is God. He is God. He is God. He can handle it. Bow with me, will you please? Very important moment after a message like this for you to let it sink in. The psalmist word for it is selah, S-E-L-A-H, pause. Let it sink in. Where you've been in your past, uh, only you know, and please don't think you have to tell anybody else. Stuff you've learned while there, known between you and God. Don't let it shame you and don't let it defeat you, but learn from it so that you gain wisdom. Where you're going, nobody knows, and so let's be careful about putting that in ink. It's where we are. This one thing I focus on. Closing the chapter. Turning the page. When our Lord died on that cross, uh, there were those around that thought it was all over. They thought that was the end of the book. No, that was just the end of a chapter. An all-important chapter, but not the end of the book. In that chapter, he died that you and I might have life and know what it is to have his righteousness, his holiness, his forgiveness, his hope. So at this moment, we thank him for that. We thank him for dying for us. That's why we have a Lord's table. This piece of bread we hold in our hand is a reminder of his body that they drove nails into and stuck a spear in, dragged down from a cross and buried in a tomb. It's his body. We remember that. And the liquid in that little cup you drink represents his blood. Without the shedding of his blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So I invite all of us who know the Savior to eat the bread and to drink from the cup. Do that without my telling you. You're on your own. You'll be served both. And this worship will not be interrupted with my words. This is a moment to seal to our hearts and minds what we have heard just as the disciples must have done as they heard the Savior tell them that he was soon to die. We're told in one of the Gospels that they sang a hymn and then they went out. And we'll end with a song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. How grateful we are, Father, for the way you speak to us in terms that we can understand. We've got an ancient psalm here. We've got a 
a little part of a letter written on parchment by a man on his way to a frightening destiny, humanly speaking, but wrote with such courage. And even the counsel of a James who tells us about life tomorrow. Help all of it to make better sense as the new year comes and we turn the page and read what you have for us. We commit these moments of worship to you. May they be sweet and uninterrupted and meaningful as we sit before you in worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. special edition of Insight for Living, getting us prepared for the new year ahead. Chuck Swindoll titled today's sermon, Another Year, Get a Life. Find us online when you go to insightworld.org. Just before we hear Chuck bring a few closing thoughts, a quick reminder that today only, you're invited to go online and freely download today's complete sermon. 
Again, it's called Another Year, Get a Life. To download the entire message, just go online to follow the simple instructions at insight.org slash getalife. One of the overarching themes of today's sermon was understanding and embracing this simple truth. God is God, and we are not. God controls everything. He is sovereign. And when we pause long enough to ponder, reflect, and meditate on His Word, our fears, our conflicts, our worries over wayward children begin to dissipate. And that's one of the reasons we're pleased to offer a helpful book. It's written and published by our ministry team in Canada, addressing 10 compelling issues, anger, worry, depression, guilt, and more. The book is called Help Me Understand, How the Bible Speaks to My Pain. And when you give a special end-of-the-year donation, you're invited to request a copy. Clearly written, Wisdom from the Bible on 10 Relevant Topics. For the book, Help Me Understand, contact us today. If you're listening in the United States, call 1-800-772-8888. Or online, go to insight.org. I'll give our contact information again in just a moment. But first, this very important reminder from Chuck. Thanks, Dave. As you prepare to celebrate New Year's Eve with friends and family, remember that tomorrow, December 31st, is a profoundly important day on the Insight for Living calendar. In fact, it is the most important deadline of the entire year. My friend, please don't allow your good intentions to fall by the wayside. It will surprise you, perhaps, to know how many people listen to the program but never give. I'm talking about well-meaning, even loyal listeners. Could that describe you? If so, then write down this contact information. Take a few minutes to call or go online or address an envelope in which you will place your gift. Do that right now. Thanks so much. You can choose one of two methods for making your special end-of-the-year donation. If you're listening in the United States, call 1-800-772-8888. Online, go to insight.org. And when you give a donation today, we'll say thank you by providing the book I mentioned earlier, Help Me Understand, How the Bible Speaks to My Pain. If you're listening in the United States, call 1-800-772-8888. Or online, go to insight.org. I'm Dave Spiker. Tomorrow, Chuck Swindoll poses the question, what makes a rebel return? Listen Tuesday to Insight for Living. The preceding message, Another Year, Get a Life, was copyrighted in 2012, and the sound recording was copyrighted in 2013 by Charles R. Swindoll, Inc. All rights are reserved worldwide.